Hello, and welcome to another edition of Forrester CX Cast. Each week, we speak with an analyst from the customer experience team about their research or discuss a customer experience topic in the news. My name is Deanna Laufer, along with my co-host Sam Stern. You'll hear our voice each week. Hello, and welcome to another episode of CX Cast. I am your host, Deanna Laufer, along with my co-host, Sam Stern. Hello. And today we are joined in the studio by VP and Research Director, John Dalton. Welcome, John. Hi, how are you? John was kind enough to join us today to talk about one of Forrester's big events that we're hosting this year in June in New York, our Customer Experience Forum. We always have a lot of people on site, and so we wanted to uh, preview what's going to be going on in the event this year. So, John, maybe you can start by talking about what's the theme uh, for CX New York this year. Sure. So, in a nutshell, we're focusing on guest speakers, content, Um, breakout sessions that take a look at how companies who are playing the long game actually do that. What I mean is, you know, we've been studying CX for years, and the nuts and bolts of running a CX program are pretty well understood. But Mm -hmm. we've learned that the companies that are really in it to win it and are playing the long game, they do things differently. They have a different mindset uh, about their competition and the market. They They do research on their customers differently. They have a different approach to culture, to measurement. Uh, Mm -hmm. They certainly have a different approach to design. Mm -hmm. And this year, we're going to be focusing on what it is that makes them different and uh, and makes them better in most cases. I want to make, you know, it's not as if they're just a bunch of all-stars. They're very, very good. In fact, I think what makes them interesting is that they are, you know, the maturity of their practice to some extent is reflected in the fact that they they emphasize different parts of their CX efforts based on their understanding of their market, its maturity, what, where they play in that market. And so um, necessarily they, their, their CX efforts express themselves a little bit differently. Um, but the, the thing that kind of unites them all is that they, they, they have integrated CX into their business strategy in a very deep and meaningful way. It's not an add-on or a mere extension of what they've been doing. Yeah, it's not a small CX play. It's it's something that's a lot deeper in the organization. Right. So Elena Ford from Ford is yeah. going to kick things off with us on day one. And and if you've been following the press, you know that Ford and GM and the, the rest of the automotive industry is is under dramatic change. And uh, so, so what she's going to be talking to us about is how, at an executive level, they have had to fundamentally rethink their customer and what they do as a business. Um, And similarly, you know, on day two, we're going to have Karen Reese from Vanguard, um, who has been getting a lot of press lately. uh, So your audience may have heard something about her. She's responsible for the robo-advisor program at Vanguard. Mm. And that's a really excellent example of the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's not um, a, you know, an unfocused effort or a lightweight effort. They've taken a very serious look at how Hmm. Uh, in this case, automation or a new technology can enhance the customer experience without jeopardizing their culture, which is strongly predicated on not just being, you know, customer centric, but being good to the business as well. They're trying to make money. And so how do you integrate a new technology with a culture that has the kind of history that it has in a meaningful way? I like those examples because I think when you talk about Ford, 
and you're saying they have to transform the business model. I mean, they, they make cars and sell cars and service cars. And I think what you're getting at, um, you know, the, the news stories are all about, well, in the future, people will consume transportation services rather than own cars, right? And so that's a fundamental disruption of their business. Whereas it sounds like the robo-advisor for Vanguard is, is, is more of a, well, we've always been sort of a do-it-yourself kind of investment model, right? We have the, um, the index funds. It, mm-hmm. You know, it makes it easy for people who are not savvy about investing to feel confident right. that they're getting a good product and good service here. But actually, this is something our customers want, right, mm-hmm. a- a- advice. And this is a way for us to give it to them in a Vanguard sort of aligned kind of way. Is that a fair way to characterize yeah, this? Yeah, totally. Too? Yeah, I mean, it's... it's uh, their assumptions about their customer were not exactly right, yeah. which is one of the things that we, you know, smart companies learn right away is their mental model is probably out of date. They have been able to act on that in a manner that's uh, consistent with their core values, but is delivering value to their customers and yeah. in, a, in a new way. And it's generating billions of dollars in revenue. I mean, it's a huge success. Uh, so I'm thrilled she's going to be here because it is one of those, it's, it's hard sometimes to pull these stories apart as you'll find if you join us in New York, there's a lot of overlap. So what Karen is talking about, it's not just technology. In fact, she would say it's not about technology at all. It's about culture. But it does include a very strong component of measurement and customer understanding and a lot of technology chops. They see these opportunities in a very different way from folks who are looking for technology to save them or automation or merely to cut costs or focus on sort of what I would call short-term potentially very meaningful, but not long-term goals. Yeah, and I think what you're, you're laying out there around that Vanguard example that's interesting is it, it did need to be the um, intersection of customer understanding and a culture to be responsive to um, customers' needs and what customers are actually telling you to say, you know what, this we're looking for points of value for customers, and we have to be honest with ourselves. We're doing enough research to know this. We have to be honest with ourselves that we weren't quite reflecting everything they want from an investment company, right? right. I think that's a great example. Yeah, that. I mean, I think in general, I think that the <laughs> this may sound a little pejorative. I don't mean it that way. We've all been there. I, I think that the CX as, an, as a discipline is kind of like it's in its adolescence. Mm-hmm. And, and who, who wants to go back to their teenage years? Nobody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's awkward. It's painful. You're going through so many changes. You don't know what clique to belong to. Are you too short? Are you too small? Are you ugly? You're pock-faced. It's, it's just a terrible time, and the reward for it is a really mortifying senior portrait that you have to live with the rest of your life. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it, and I think a lot of companies are, it's, and it's about growth. The problem is growth. It's, it's hard to do it the way you want to do it, and it's painful when it happens. And what's interesting about our guests this year in New York is that they, they're finding ways to cope with that and manage that in a fashion that is, that is delivering business results, but also delivering a lot of really great, unique experiences for their customers. It's interesting to see. I mean, I think the thing that separates them is this notion of CX as being part of the business strategy. It's deeply ingrained. It's not necessarily the tip of the spear, but it is not an afterthought in any one of these cases. So mm-hmm. Etsy, for example, will be joining us in there. And there is their head of research, Alex Wright. This is a great story. Um, he's, you know, Etsy is going through a lot of growth uh, right now. And, and the growing pains, they've been, very pub- they've been very open about this. And they're a B Corp. So they're trying to make money and do that with a purpose, remain true to their values. They're publicly traded. There's a lot of pressure from the street now to show that you can do this. And interestingly, rather than 
you know, just focus on mere usability or getting their campaigns read or just, re, you know, looking at the brand in isolation. They're, they've built this research organization that is really robust, combining user experience insights, uh, survey research, A-B testing results. It's built into the entire enterprise. So it actually informs not just design, but informs strategy. It informs marketing. It informs product. Um, people have been doing market research for years, but the way this has been done so intentionally to, to, to create this more comprehensive view of not just the who and the what, but also the why, and integrate, a, integrate that into decision-making is really mm. quite something. And it's not something we see much of. Yeah, and I think it gets at, to the core of what CX really is, which is putting the customer's point of view into business decisions where it otherwise wasn't. And there isn't always one right way to do it. And it sounds like Etsy is making a lot of bets by doing mm -hmm. a lot of different kinds of research. But by, by doing all those kinds of research, they're bringing that customer point of view to a place that it wasn't already. Right. And it's yeah. interesting, they, they, you know, if you know anything about them, these guys know how to do A-B testing like nobody's <laughs> business. Their facility with that is very well understood. But they learn the hard way that that kind of data is not going to get you there. Because in some cases, for example, a seller may not appreciate that kind of disruption because they're trying to be efficient and, a, and, and they want a lot of predictability in how they work with Etsy to sell their goods. Mm -hmm. that, that particular mode of learning wasn't appropriate for that customer base. Their sellers, different story altogether. So you need these different tools. You need different methods and techniques to understand these people and what motivates them and what they don't like. So um, let's imagine a person coming to this event whose company is very much not yet yep. playing the long game. I mean, how would you recommend to them um, as, as someone observing and listening to these speakers and sort of being in this environment for two days, what should they do? What should they be on the lookout for so that they can go back to their company and be um, heard about taking this longer-term view about customer experience? Yeah, that's a great question. The first thing I would say is... Uh, you're going to be surrounded by around 12 to 1,300 of your peers. This is Forrester's largest event by far. And I, and I start there because we have built a lot of time into the program for you to meet peers, meet people from different companies who are probably in your situation. We know from our feedback from our, our clients and our guests that those networking opportunities are particularly important for them. They learn a lot from the people they talk to. They, they, they do about all kinds of things that have worked and haven't worked. So first and foremost, it's a really, really rich peer group that's going to be there in terms of just variety, experience, maturity, industries represented. So the networking opportunities are a great place to learn. And it is pretty much what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, from what I can tell. People open up pretty much without prompting here. In terms of what you can get from the, the programmed content, look, there is no better way to learn than from learning from the greats. And there is no shame in imitating it to some extent. And you're going to hear people talking about not just, they're not going to be talking about how great they are. They're going to be talking about why they have found the solution to work given their obstacles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's something that, you know, we curate this content very carefully. We don't want these to be marketing pitches. And so the, the people you're going to be hearing from in the main stage are going to tell you, look, we, we tried this solution and it didn't work. Here's what we learned. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you there's something that you're going to learn from how they overcame those challenges. And the other thing is, you know, there's new research that we're going to be sharing that hasn't been published yet around the business case for CX, around culture, around measurement. 
um, that complements what our guests are going to be saying. So there will be content there for you that is not just aspirational. It is going to be accessible and um, actionable. Uh, and the last thing I want to say is, you know, what, what should you do? Bring a peer. Yeah. You know, bring up here. We, we, you know, so many times it's frustrating. I see people at these events and they're, they're on their own and they're like, yeah. oh, I should have brought my boss or I should have brought my colleague from marketing or from IT. Absolutely. You know, the stuff, you can read about it all you want, but until you start practicing or hearing and getting some collective understanding of how, you know, someone like Karen from Vanguard or Alex from Etsy or how Ford is tackling those problems, until you start to hear and talk about that, you're not going to know where to start. It's going to be harder to take that and translate it in your organization if you're on your own. So bring up here. Yeah. Also yeah. a good opportunity to divide and conquer when there's multiple things going on at yeah. once. I, I hear that's a, um, uh, what a lot of teams do. Right. No, it's a good strategy. And if you're accountable to someone else, you're definitely paying attention in that, that, uh, that conversation too, at right? that meeting. Yeah. Um, well, thanks, John, for joining us today. For listeners who want to hear more about the event, see the full agenda of both um, outside speakers at our event as well as Forrester speakers, uh, please take a look at the link. We'll be posting it on the show notes. John, Sam, and I will all be at the event in person, and we look forward to meeting you. So please find us there. And just in case you're wondering, it's June 21st and 22nd uh, at the Hilton in Midtown in New York. Hope I see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Bye, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's CXCast. We'll post links to the reports we mentioned in this episode in the podcast show notes. For questions or suggestions, please contact me at dlaufer at forester.com. And remember, your customer's perception is your CX reality.